This Krebs Corner, the ball is in your court. Swish. Welcome back to Krebs Corner, guys. This is my 22nd episode, and here I have a guest who I actually have seen him live perform. It is Cade. So what's going on, man? Thank you for joining me. Glad to, glad to be here, for sure. Yeah, so we went to your show down in Texas and saw you when you were a drummer for um, Pecos in the Rooftops, and that was by far one of uh, a good experience for my vacation, for my friends, and a little bit out of our comfort zone. You know, we didn't listen to that type of music. And you are a person who makes your independent music that's not really the same genre. So how did you find yourself being a drummer for that band? Okay, so uh, music, dude, I've been in music. It's just been a part of my family since I could, like, talk, could remember, could, you know, remember anything, honestly. So, but growing up, my dad played guitar, and that's really what got me into music, because everyone on my dad's side of the family is really musical. Um, but he was always in, like, country, rock, bands, and stuff. So I was always, I've always kind of grew up around that. It was never really, like, what captured me 100% with, like, what I want to make, especially, like, my voice. I don't have a voice for country or anything like that anyway, so it wouldn't make any sense. But, um, yeah, so I, I've always had a taste in, a broad, broad taste in music, but, like, I stumbled upon that because I was actually living in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was producing and doing music and stuff with uh, with Sony and Epic, and then I moved back to Texas, and literally, like, the same day that I moved back, I had a friend call me. He was like, hey, dude, I got pigs in the rooftops coming in the studio on Monday. Would you be down to come for four days and kind of help me with some stuff? And I was like, yeah, and I'd already heard of them because I had done a little bit of work on this damn song, and so uh, I met them in the studio, like, the week following like the time that I moved back to Texas and uh just met them in the studio and and got to know them I ended up playing a lot of the drum work that's actually recorded anyways um and so yeah I was just chilling one day and I looked on Instagram and their guitar player Brandon had posted on his Instagram story saying they needed a someone to fill their drummer position I was like I'll do it like at the time like I was I was in a really low place like career wise and just like mentally and I was just like no I need that like I need to I need to get out and do something and so I I hit him up and he was like for real I was like yeah dude he was like okay well come to Lubbock and like whenever you can like next week and like we'll do some rehearsals and see if you like it see if we like it and so that's how it happened like just got to know in the studio and then the opportunity opened up it was just a fit like that from day one now, when you were a kid, you said that your dad was very involved in music. When you were a kid, did you see yourself instantly in the music business, like going throughout middle school, high school, college? Did you go to college? You know, did you find yourself, did you want to be a producer or did you think the artist route was what you wanted to do initially? Gotcha. Um, no, actually. And it's, it's really weird because I grew up, I started at seven years old when I started playing music. I started playing drums at seven. That was the first instrument I learned. At like 10, my grandma started teaching me how to play piano. And then around 12-ish, 13-ish, I started playing guitar. And uh, my dad was always on me, like, you need to learn, like, that. I learned as much as I wanted to, as, as much as I did, because my dad was always on me, like, learn as much as you can, because in the future, you can maybe fill in for any space in any band, and you can make a little extra money. That was the thought process back then. But I just loved music, and I played it just because I, I loved it. And uh, it never really hit me, like, as a career thing until the last, like, four or five years. But, like, even... 
in high school, I started a metal band and I play, I gigged a lot. I played, I filled in with my dad's band every once in a while. I still was playing shows, but it was always just a hobby and just for fun. Um, I think at some point when I was in the metal band, I thought we were going to be big, but I knew in the back of my head, it wasn't what I wanted to do. But um, yeah, I just kind of did it for fun. And, you know, after I graduated high school, I did not go to college. I just kind of did whatever for a little bit. I did end up going to college in 2017. I graduated in 13 and then decided I was going to go to college in 17. I only went for two semesters and dropped out. And uh, that was about the time that I was like, you know what, I'm going to do music. Like it, it only makes sense because like, I think that people who have a gift and I think everyone has a gift. I think they should find that gift and they should run with that when it comes to their career. I mean, that's how I look at life. So that's how I thought of it for myself. I was like, okay, let me look at all the things that I'm doing. Music is the one thing that I know for sure that I'm gifted at. So I'm going to, I'm going to just make a career out of it. Screw it. Like, why not? Yeah. So you talk about the gift and that's what I truly believe is people who have a gift. And I also think that money shouldn't control what your career path is and that if you have a passion, go for it and head straight on. It seems like that's really what path you took is you really had a passion, knew that you liked what you're doing and said, you know what, I'm going to define all odds. I'm not going to listen to the statistics of people who don't make it, do make it. I'm going to do me and kind of forget all the doubters. Yes. Cause even like at the end of the day, dude, if I end up making a teacher's salary for the rest of my life, as long as I get to be happy and make music, it's all that matters to me. Like it doesn't, it's, it's not a big deal. I was going to, that was my next question is performing in shows. And I'm sure you've had all types of shows where some shows you see people who are upcoming artists who just like didn't make it like Jack Harlow just released a picture of his first show had like 10 people at it. And then you probably had shows that had great uh, attendance. I thought that at Silver Saloon, that was a very good attendance for a small kind of last second band, you know, not last second, but you know, kind of a smaller venue. I thought it was a great audience. So what gets you in a zone when you're about to go up for a show, whether, whether it's yours and you're headlining it or whether you're, uh, you know, waiting for or you're the person before the headliner or if you're just a drummer, what do you do to get into that zone? I, I do a lot of weird shit, man. Like I do, let me think. Uh, specifically, that show, like I was backstage in the green room and there's a video of it somewhere where I'm in the mirror, like there's a bunch of people in the green room, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm screaming above everyone. I'm like, let's do this. We're the best band ever. I'm the best drummer ever. Not really, but I'm the best drummer ever tonight. And then, you know, I'm just, I get myself hyped up and it, I don't know. I just, I like to put myself in good spirits because that's how, like, that's a part of it. Like the show is like, you're putting your energy out into other people and they're going to grasp whatever you're putting out. And that's what I've always believed. So like before that, I like to make sure that my energy's up and sometimes it, it's just hyping myself up and yelling. That doesn't happen all the time. But like, sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's loosening up, having a couple beats or whatever. I never get like really trashed or anything before I, um, especially if I'm singing, I usually just stick to like one beer or so. But um, I just usually keep it like, just, I don't know, just giving myself energy, just like hyping up and, and making sure that I'm like in a clear space. I like to go out and mingle with like the crowd and like with fans and stuff, but I have to have at least like 20 minutes where I get away from that and just like get to myself and be like, okay, we're about to make this happen like that's that's what I normally do uh, your energy did pass on to the crowd along with me and my friends I mean we were we were getting to the music really it was sick <laughs> but when you are headlining it do you ever take some preparation you know the week before and I saw you headlining the show just recently and you've released a ton of music this year um backtracking on to 2017 18 19 20 I mean you've released a ton of music 
when you have been a drummer, when you haven't been a headline, and when you've been a headline, and it's your own music. So when you're actually being a headline, it's your concert. Do you ever do any any preparation before that that you don't do when you're a drummer? Absolutely. So like when it comes to my stuff, um, and now that's all it is. It's like I'm I'm the head of everything. I'm I I like to think of myself as as the band leader. It should, it's not always the singer that should be the band leader, but in my case, I am just because I, I'm dealing with all the music, right? Because as a solo artist, I have a band, but like my music I make isn't band oriented. It's, you know, it's all like, it's electronic. So I bring the music to the table and for the guys, but even like preparation wise, like I have a show this Friday and literally as we speak, my computer behind this computer, I'm working on track work for the show because I, I, we play with tracks and I don't have a bass player this week. So I'm having to record bass tracks for everything so that we have a bass playing during the show. So yeah. I'm always doing preparation and it's it's actually kind of stressful sometimes. I was down uh, the last two weeks with my wisdom teeth, so I'm a little backed up on this. But yeah, I'm always like, I'm, yes, constantly working on music. And then when I'm not working on like new songs and stuff, I'm working on the show. It's always yeah. just work. Now, during the show, what is your favorite type of fans? You know, you have a vast majority of fans that can that have different styles you know you have annoying ones you have great ones you have the drunk ones you have the sober ones so what's your favorite what's your favorite type of fan man i love them all honestly like even if they're annoying and drunk like they're they're, they're doing it for a reason like if they're annoying they'll be like oh my gosh like you're it's like they regardless like they feel some type of way from whatever i'm putting out and i still respect that and i don't know i just appreciate all of it but i'll say my favorite type of fan though is the ones that sing back like my I love when when people sing back to me like that's the best that's like the feeling that I look for in all of this like I look for that I listen for that um the last show that I headlined I have a song called rain and uh there was a point in time where it just and I have in-ears in and I could hear them singing over my in-ears so I took one out and I was like this is crazy I put the microphone down and I just sat there and I just held it out I was like y'all are crazy and they just sang like a whole like 32 bars i don't know like did they sing like so much i was like i can't even i don't even want to sing right now like why would i want to sing when y'all were singing this back to me and y'all know all the words like that's so crazy you mentioned your song rain and you also have big songs are you down slow-mo so what song to you is your favorite Ooh, does it have to be one that's released right now no okay i have a song called I have two songs. One's called Inferno and one's called Numb the Pain. Neither of them are released. Um, we shot a music video to Inferno uh, like a month and a half ago. It's going to be the single for my upcoming EP. And then Numb the Pain is also on the EP. But those two songs, man, something about them. They just got, they just completely different from everything that I've been doing. Completely different from everything you've been doing? Everything, 100%. So what made you do the move of being a solo artist? You know, you were a drummer for... Uh, Pecs in the rooftops, and then you completely just left it and did your own thing. What made you do that, and how big of a move for an individual is that to do? I mean, you're really getting up from a comfortable situation and making your own thing, kind of getting into an uncomfortable situation, but it's all on your shoulders now. Yeah. Um, well, I was doing solo stuff before I ever joined them. That's always I, I was working on that hard. I had the band. I was doing shows. I was doing all this stuff before I ever joined Pecs. Um, but it was never, and it still isn't. I mean, those guys are growing so much, man. And I'm so happy for them. Like they're growing tremendously and it just keeps like, every time I check their numbers, I'm just like, this is crazy. Like it never stopped going, but like, yeah, I went from what I was doing. I was still doing this. And then I joined them and it was really comfortable. I, I gotta be honest, like just being able to tour 
being on a bus, like just being able to wake up when you want and like set up some drums, sound check, do whatever, sleep, chill, go do something in whatever city you're in, come back, play a show, party a little bit, go back to sleep and like rinse and repeat. Like it was really comfortable. It was really easy and it was fun. But at the end of the day, like I had, I had to get out of it just because like, I know that my heart lies in my own music and I make it for a reason. So it was, uh, you know, it's, it's different. It's, it's not difficult, but it's definitely different going from like super comfortable to back to like super like down on the grindstone, like having to just make sure you're working every day. But I am a workaholic, so it doesn't really bother me. And I know that I'm going to be in a place that I want to be eventually. And that's all that matters. You talk about the tour life. I think that a lot of non-musicians always want to be like, it'd be cool to be a rapper. It'd be cool to be a singer and go on that tour life, you know, performing in front of thousands of people that know all the songs that you sing and sing them back to you. How cool is actually the tour life, really? Dude, it's it's unbelievable. And I've had a lot of people like ask me like when I why I quit and they I guess they just don't understand like that I'm making like that's why I quit because of my music. But a lot of them were like, is it because like you just you're just tired of the road? And it's like, what's, what's up? And I was like, no, like absolutely not. I'm not tired of the road. Like, I live for it. Like it's to anyone who is a non-musician, like I will say being on a bus is what makes it all worth it. Like when you're in a van and doing those things, like, cause in the beginning we were in a van and, and, you know, having to grind it out and it's a little rough. Like you have to sleep in hotels. You have to wake up at ungodly hours and travel hours and hours and have to switch spots, like who's driving and doing all that. And that's a little rough, but you still appreciate it at the, at the end of the day, like what you're doing. But when you get on a bus and you're actually like touring like across the country, it's dude it's unbelievable I can't even like I really can't explain it like when we toured in the north like when we went through uh we did a run that was like Wyoming Colorado Idaho Washington or not Washington Montana and uh was it Montana either way somewhere up there and uh dude just like being able to I just waking up food on the bus make some food in the microwave, cook some stuff up, go on the front of the bus with the driver, just chill with him. And there's mountains everywhere. And you're just like, this is my life. I'm waking up. I'm doing this. I'm going to be at a destination soon. I'm going to either, it's going to be an off day. I might go hiking, which I did do a lot of hiking, got some poison ivy on my face. That's a different story, but um, you know, we're going to go hiking or we're going to set up for a show and we're going to play to, you know, a couple thousand or a thousand, whatever it is. It dude, it's unbelievable. Like it's, there's nothing that I can really compare it to, honestly. Now, just picking this up from you and this little conversation that we've had, you seem like a very spiritual person and, you know, hiking mountains. So talk about that. Talk about your spiritual journey. You said that you were at a low place at one point of your life. And I think that we all were at some point, you know, either I've been in a low place in my life and I took my spiritual journey from about two years ago or a year and a half to now. And I've been way better. I'm more spiritual than I've ever been. And I feel way happier with myself more comfortable in uncomfortable situations. So talk about your, I mean, what happened after, you know, you were in a low spot, what happened to make you turn that around? You seem happier than you've almost ever been. I don't even know you. And you seem like the happiest guy in the world. Yeah. Um, I've always kept good spirits, man. I don't know. Even in my lowest times, I, I tend to put that mask on, even though like we all deal with things behind it, but um, I am, I don't know. I was in a really low place because I was letting a lot of, uh, I was just letting a lot of things get to me. And I was in, you know, there's a lot of typical things that was happening, like a breakup and all that stuff that was happening. And, and I had moved back from Atlanta where I was working with, with, uh, you know, big record labels. And then I'd kind of gotten away from that because I wasn't sure like if it was where I needed to be. And then I came back to like, and I live in a small town. So 
doing all these big things and having all these things and then like break up and then I move back and I'm like okay and I just like closed all the doors that I opened for myself and now I'm sitting here in a little small town like I'm not making any more money I'm just I don't know it was just it felt like everything I worked for at the time all crashed down on me and uh and that really hit me hard and it takes a lot to make like to put me down for real because like, I really am a happy person but it was a dark time and it slid into other things and I was just you know I don't know I think it took just time for sure but then also like speaking of spirituality I'm, I'm a believer I, I believe in God and you know I think I needed to personalize my relationship with him at the time and uh I think just honing in on that and making sure I was working on myself and just being better and growing as a person in general like not really worrying about anything I'm not the, I quit music for a little bit like I, I took a break from everything I just needed to make sure that I was healthy eating healthy being healthy like working out all these things just to make sure that I was becoming a better person and I think all of that brought me to where I back to where I am now which is in a better place than I've ever been and uh you know which is with the hiking and stuff but like I, I am a spiritual person and I love connecting like with nature ever since a kid like I was a kid like I would just go out into the woods for hours on end and I would just like walk around and I would I would chill I'd bring food with me in a backpack you know 13 years old I would build little you know huts and stuff and I would just I've always been connected with that side so that's like my biggest passion like even beyond the music like I want to travel and I want to experience like just just life in general that's just a big part of me so now are you looking to be a solo artist and not uh, sign a record label or do are you looking for a record label to you know find you at one point in your career I'm never really looking for either. I'm, I'm more, I'm just more working towards whatever's going to happen and I'm putting in the work so that whatever comes back, I can, I can take the best offer. If that's being independent then that's great. And if it's being on a record label, that's great as well. But I will say without spoiling too much, um, there may be a record label situation later next year. I, I can't, I can't confirm and I can't like speak that right now but I, I there could possibly be and if that is the case then i wouldn't 100 take it if the deal's right now talking about you know big things in the future do you look to go on tour in the future at all absolutely um i'm taking i'm taking the time right now just to just to make music and and build things aside from the aside from the touring um i'm doing a little bit of i'm spotting in some shows here and there but i'm not going to tour until i feel like I can, you know, I want to, when you tour, you want to make sure that you're going to venues and you're drawing a crowd. I don't know. It's not necessarily important because just like we were talking about the Jack Harlow thing, like even his first tour, like seven people would show up and that's great too. But like, you want to make sure that there's a little bit there, you know, you want to have a little bit of confidence that you're going to each, each town and you're drawing a little bit so that you, I don't know, you're, you're doing it. It's worth something, but I want to wait until things are built up a little bit more. So I'm thinking probably maybe by next summer sometime around then I might try to start touring again if not then maybe a little bit later but I'm not really rushing it right now it'll the time will come I'm really just working on the music and building up the brand right now now we talk about your name change you changed it to KVD which you still call Cade what made you choose that as a stage name and what made you really get a stage name instead of just keeping you know your actual name that everyone knows you by yeah. So I did originally release music under my real name. It was my first and last name, which my name is Cade. K-A-D-E. It was under Spotify. Yeah. That's how I yep. found you. It's in your uh, description when you go into your stage name. Yep. So um, yeah, I did go by that. And I don't know, every time, not a lot of people know how to pronounce my last name and which is okay because they, there's a lot of different ways to kind of look at it. So that was one thing 
and I was just like, okay, so no one knows how to pronounce it, but then also, like, it's my name, I should love it, but, like, it just doesn't roll off the tongue, like, I don't like Cade Trenum, like, it just doesn't roll, I, I just didn't like it, so I was like, how can I simplify it, I don't really want to make an alias where I'm, like, a different person, yeah, because I just, I don't know, it's not in my personality to do that, I, I love when people can do that, and they hone in on it, but, like, I was just, like, I don't know who I would be, like, who would I name myself, I don't, I don't understand, so I was, like, I'll just make it Cade, but, like, how can I make it flashy, so I was, like, We'll put the V and then so I don't know it took a little bit more thought than that but I was like okay that's what I'm gonna do because I wanted simplicity and I wanted to make sure that when I was explaining to somebody that I make music and how they could search me it was four easy letters k-v-d-e search it it's pronounced Cade and that's it's that's all they had to do and it's easy to look at and remember it also kind of twists your brain a like is it k-v-d-e or is it k what is it either way it's getting planted in your mind and you're like kind of confused but also kind of like this is hype I don't know yeah, I get what you mean, because I was like, is it Kate? Is it? And, I, and then me, it was just, imagine four guys my age sitting around being like, is it Kate? Is it? Why, what are we going to call it? And then we were yeah. just like, you know, it's Kate. He said his name's Kate. We'll go with that. Heck yeah. Now, my Heck next yeah. question is, so I looked at your numbers for this. You have 2.5K followers on YouTube, 2,500, and you also have 1,700 monthly listeners, but I'll be honest with you, man, your music is better than that. So what are you, I mean, are, are you frustrated that the view count isn't that low? My podcast, I sometimes look at the views and I think, you know, my views isn't where I want it to be, but looking yeah. back on it, episode one, I would have dreamed for this view count. So what is it yeah. going into you? You said you were four or five years into it and you yeah. have 1,700 monthly listeners. A thousand people have less listeners than that a month. So what are you are you satisfied with those numbers? Are you just patient waiting it out? Do you think that you got a song that could be your big song? Is that really the the myth is an artist just needs one big song to blow up? Are you waiting for that one big song or? No, I'm never waiting for the big song. And I don't think that any artist should ever be waiting for that big song because you'll be chasing something like for the rest of your career. Because to be honest, people who do blow up like that like say with pigs and the rooftops they put out one song and boom their career was formed off of that song it's an anomaly like that doesn't happen to everybody that's literally they are a one in a million chance like maybe one in greater than a million like it that doesn't happen and you can't look at those situations i'm happy for them and that's great that that happened but you can't look at it and let it represent like what your career is going to be like because that just does not happen for anybody it's crazy that that happened to them but it does not happen so never chasing that song i'm always grinding but like as for the numbers am i Am I satisfied? No, I never will be satisfied, but I'm optimistic because, what the heck, sorry, because before I joined the band, um, before I joined Pegasus in the Rooftops, my monthly listeners had peaked at like 20,000, which still isn't great, but like I had gotten to that point, and then when I quit like being so active and making music, I was, you know, just more focused on them, that's when all the stuff started to drop because I wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't being active as an artist in general, and I watched that drop, so I know that I'm capable of building things back up so that's all that matters to me and I'm not worried about the numbers right now I mean they'll grow they have grown before I'll grow them back and I'll be stronger than ever but uh yeah so I'm not worried about it it'll be all right I'll say I like that answer that answer makes me very happy for you and going forward that you know that you have the capability to do that yeah and to tag on to that like if a song does blow up that's great like of course that's amazing but I'm never chasing that I'm always just worried about just working every single day it, as long as there's gradual growth throughout the year every day that's all that matters and this damn song is a pretty good song i mean pete yeah 
yeah. They, they blew up pretty good oh, because yeah. of a pretty good song. Now, to oh, end yeah. this interview off, uh, there's so many talented artists in the world that are unthinkable. I mean, there's so many great talents. What are some of the artists that you want to work with if you had, like, a dream concert? Ooh. Are we, so we're talking about, like, a we're talking concert big names. in a studio? Not yeah. in a studio, in a, live, in a live show? In a live show. Live show. You get four people in you. Ooh, man. Have you ever seen videos of Bruno Mars performing? Yeah. Dude, it's insane. He would have to be on there, 100%. Um, I'm just going to – I'm going to put artists in my genre, mainly because that would only make sense. But, like, also, I just – I love a lot of artists in my genre, but um, Charlie Puth, he's a madman. Um, oh man, who else would be? Who else would be on the show? Yeah, it don't gotta be. Oh, uh, the weekend. The weekend would be. The weekend. The weekend, one hundred percent. And uh, and Posty, I love Posty. Those are some guys that I can see fit with you. Those yeah. are definitely some guys that I can see fit with you. That'd be a sick show. Well, do you plan on moving out to L.A., you know, once your music gets bigger, or do you plan on staying right where you are? I actually am moving to L.A. in February. You're moving to L.A. in February. All right. Make I, have, I have a situation, so we're, I'm, I'm not going to speak much on it right now because I can't, but I'm moving to L.A. in February because there's a couple situations in place. Well, congratulations, man. I'm happy to watch your career take off, and I'm happy to, you know, I got the journey before, so I'm happy if you do blow up, and when you do blow up, I can be like, yeah, I saw that guy when back in 2020 or 2021, I guess. But yeah, thank you, man, so much for doing this interview. Everybody, Cade, check his music out on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, Slow Mo, Are You Down, Rain, some good songs. Thanks, Cade, thank for joining me.